Welcome to Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. I'm Salwa Khan. So you're out in your garden and notice luxuriant weeds, rose bushes with spotted leaves, and what are those nasty looking bugs? My guest, Judy Barrett, who has a long and illustrious career as an author and expert in organic gardening, says don't stress over any of that. She advises growing a new attitude that accepts the realities of gardening, both the good and the bad. If you're a gardener, you've probably heard about Judy Barrett. She was the founding editor and publisher of Homegrown Good Sense Organic Living for Texas, which was published for 12 years. She was the editor of the New Garden Journal and one of the hosts of the public TV series, The New Garden. Her columns on gardening appear in Edible Austin, Acres USA, Harris Old Farmer's Almanac, and other publications. In addition to magazine articles, Judy Barrett is the author of several gardening books, including Tomatillos, A Gardener's Dream, A Cook's Delight, How to Become an Organic Gardener in Seven Easy Steps, What Can I Do with My Herbs, What's So Great About Heirloom Plants, and When Good Gardens Go Bad. I was especially intrigued by this last title, When Good Gardens Go Bad. So that will be the focus of our conversation. First, Judy, I'd like to thank you for being on Mothering Earth. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So the focus of this book is common garden problems, and you provide practical ways to correct the problems without using toxic chemicals and without personal stress, which sounds fabulous. So um, I'd like to get started by going through some of the problems you discuss in the book, starting with a very basic item, the soil. So having soil that's less than, uh, that is in less than optimum condition is a very common problem. So how can people learn more about their soil? Well, there are a couple of ways. <clears throat> you can assume, to begin with, that your soil needs help because pretty much everybody's soil, especially in Texas, needs help. Um, you can do soil tests, and there are two different kinds of soil tests. One, which is generally done by the Agriculture Extension Service, tests what chemicals are in the soil. Then there are other laboratories that test what chemicals are available to plants. And that's the better choice, because it doesn't matter what's there if the plants can't get to it. Right. Um, so what, when we're talking about that, is it like we're looking at the nitrogen and the Yeah, nitrogen, and... calcium, whatever things that are in the soil that affect the growth of the plant. And a lot of times um, there are some elements that are in the soil, but because of the chemical makeup of the soil, the roots can't get it. Mm -hmm. And so the first... the first kind of soil test will come back and say, oh, there's lots of this, don't worry about it. But you have to worry about it because they still need it, so you have to do something to make sure they get it. Right. Um, and the other thing you can do is just add organic material to your soil whenever you can, because regardless of what's wrong with your soil, that's going to help it. 
If it's too alkaline, adding organic material will help. If it's too acidic, adding organic material will help. Right. So, you know, you don't have to know what the problem is in order to fix it. And, and when you say organic material, what is that? Anything that was alive at one point. It can be grass, weeds. Weeds? We'll talk about that some yeah. more in a minute. Um, leaves, newspaper, coffee grounds, any, anything that's not meat and that's not man-made is pretty much what you need to add. And so uh, does that, should we uh, think of it in terms of composting it first, or we just can chop it up and mix it in, or how do we do this? You can do it both ways. You can chop it up, you can dig a hole and put it in, you can put it on top of the soil as mulch, um, or you can compost. Compost is theoretically the best way. <laughs> you can add manures to compost. You wouldn't want to add raw manure to your garden. Yeah. Um, or you can do a combination of all those things. I like piling it on top because it's the least <clears throat> labor-intensive method, <laughs> right. and it will work its way down yeah. into the soil. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan, and I'm here today with Judy Barrett, and we're talking about common garden problems, starting with soil. Um, so uh, let's see, getting back to soil, you were talking about composting or just adding any kind of organic materials. Maybe, uh, I think it's, is it called sheet composting, where you just kind of lay it on top and hope it eventually, I mean, not hope, but it will eventually Yeah, break sheet down. composting generally involves putting down a barrier layer of newspaper, cardboard, something like that and then putting your organic material on top. And as the organic material breaks down and as the barrier works, it will kill the weeds underneath. It's a great way to build new beds. Huh. Um, and that's the way I start every bed that I build. Um, you can also just put it on top of the soil right. as mulch. And right. that works as well. So uh, if, if we have soil where we have uh, a good amount of all the good uh, things that we want in it, mm -hmm. but, it's, but our plants still aren't like doing the optimum growth that we want, um, you mentioned that sometimes the materials may be there, but the, soil, uh, the plants can't get to it. How do we remedy that kind of... Is there, is there some general remedy that we can apply in that kind of situation? Well, one of the reasons you want to add organic material to the soil is to get microscopic life into the soil. And that's what really feeds your plants, is the microorganisms working on the stuff that's in the soil and transforming it into a form that the plants can take up. Plant roots are not like soda straws that just go <laughs> slurp it up. Um, it has to be in a liquid form. It has to be very tiny microscopic particles for the roots to, to use it. Right. So what you want is to keep everything in the soil alive, to keep, to never poison the soil because it will kill the microorganisms in the soil. And to keep adding food, you know, it, 
it's never a finished product. You don't ever say, well, okay, I got perfect soil now. I never have to do anything again. Right. Because the plants are always slurping it up and eating it, and you need more, especially if you're vegetable gardening, which are plants that need a lot of food in a short amount of time. So you just got to keep keep feeding that keep soil. Keep working at it. Yeah. All right. Um, so then uh, another common issue that a lot of gardeners have is pests or what we consider pests. What can we do about pests? And, and is it true that plants that are uh, sort of doing really well are less likely to have pests attack them? It is true. Plants that are stressed are kind of like beacons calling the pests in and saying it's, it's like, you know, the nature shows on TV, the little limping zebra is going to get eaten by the lion. And, and the same thing works in the garden. And, you know, the stressors are heat, cold, too much water, not enough water. So there are lots of things that can be a factor, right. um, growing them in the wrong season. You know, I have a lot of people say, well, I really want to grow cilantro, but I can't. It just won't grow for me. When do you plant it? Well, I plant it in the spring. Well, that's the problem. It's never going to do well. It's always going to be out of season. It has to grow in cold weather. And there are a lot of plants like that. So you have to consider what the plants want as well as what's in the soil. And then if you do have pests? If you do have pests, my recommendation is always to use fingers for pinching and feet for stomping. Those are the two best solutions. <laughs> um, there are organic products available, but if they kill something, you've got to be careful with them, whether they're organic or whether they're chemical. Mm -hmm. So I say, unless it's a really big problem, try to deal with it without resulting to product. Um, and if you use product, use it on a specific thing, on a specific plant. Mm -hmm. That's the bad thing about so many commercial pest control is they're broad spectrum, they'll kill everything in sight. And you don't want that in your garden. Um, you know, the fact is we don't have to garden. And so we want it to be fun and we want it to be pleasant and we don't want to be scared when we go outside that we're going to poison ourselves. So um, if you have pests, look and see. Is your plant in the place it ought to be? Is it getting what it needs? Mm-hmm. Tomatoes by the middle of summer are exhausted and they're going to call in stink bugs and all kinds of nasty things. You might as well move them on to the compost rather than continuing to, to struggle going. along with them. If you've got too many pests, it's time to say goodbye to that plant. <laughs> and of course, there are also plants, I mean, there are pests you can control. And those are the ones that you're better off squishing. I usually, when the summer's going along and plants are growing fast, I go out in the morning with a jar of soapy water. And when I see a bug, I flick it into the water. And that takes care of it. That'll kill virtually any insect in the garden. Right. 
and you get a little satisfaction out of it as well. So. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm here today with Judy Barrett, who is an author and expert on organic gardening. And we're talking about common garden problems. Uh, But right now, it's time for a break. This is Sawa Khan. I'm here with Judy Barrett on Mothering Earth, and we're talking about common garden issues. One of the pests that I I always struggle with um, is the squash vine borer. Do you have any wisdom on that? <clears throat> well, the squash vine borer is a terrible thing, and it you know it attacks melons and pumpkins and squash and any of those relatives. Um, It overwinters in the ground as a caterpillar type thing, sneaks in and goes into the vine. So it's it's not something you see, Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's hard to control. You can one of the things you can do is when you see a sign, you can put Bacillus thuringiensis in the vine. You slice a little piece and put some. BT around it. You can also put some on the ground around the stem of your plant. Um, I personally am never going to go out and operate on every vine in the yard, so that doesn't work. Yeah. I try to move them around the yard. I put them in, if I've got boars in the back, then I put them put my next year's crop in the front um, and try to You know, after they've not found what they're looking for for a year or two, then they're less of a threat. Hmm. But they're they're a pain. We've kind of covered pests and soil. Uh, Let's move on to weeds. What are first of all? What is a weed? Well, you know, that's a good question. And most people think weeds are plants growing where you don't want them to grow. there are a lot of native plants that are now popular wildflowers that used to be weeds. So it's it's kind of a loosey-goosey kind of definition. Weeds are stuff you worry about and that are growing where you don't want them. I don't have weeds. I <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have a lawn made up of lots of different kinds of green plants. Um, and I do have some of those that go grow in my beds, which I don't want, but I don't worry about them a lot either. You can just yank them out. I can yank them out. I can cover them up. I can invite the neighbor's chicken over to peck uh-huh. around for a while. And yeah, I'm lucky to have visiting chickens. They don't 
live here all the time, but they do like to come eat my weeds. Um, so I, I don't worry a lot about weeds. A lot of people worry about digging up the dandelions in the St. Augustine. You know, I don't have much St. Augustine and I like the dandelions. So it's kind of a, the whole point of this book is to encourage a shift in approach so that you don't sweat the small stuff yeah. and you enjoy the process. So just don't worry. Weeds about are it. small stuff, as far as I'm concerned, and there are ways to control them. You can mulch them. You can put down barriers to smother them, like the sheet composting we were talking about. Um, you can try very hard to keep them from going to seed. I try to get the what goes for lawn mowed frequently enough that the the noxious weeds don't have time to seed. Um, and we, we talked about weeds and composting a little bit a minute ago. Um, if your weeds have not formed seeds, they can go directly in the compost. Okay. Unless they propagate by runner like Bermuda grass. But if they have formed seeds or if they have these runners, you can cook them. If your compost gets hot enough, 140 degrees or so, then that will take care of it. But if your compost doesn't get hot enough, which m many of us don't work that hard on the compost to right. keep it going, you can put them in a black plastic bag, leave them out in the sun for a few days, ah, and that will cook them. Cook them. <laughs> okay. And then you can dump them in the compost. Right. So that's a good way to keep from right. propagating your... Yeah, weeds in the compost. So, bin. so if the weeds are flowering, that doesn't mean anything, right? It's only when they it's actually when they form. quit flowering and yeah. make the seeds. Yeah. yeah. Now, a lot of people are using or do use uh, chemical herbicides and things like that. What's what's the issue there? I know what the issue is, but I'd like <laughs> other people to know. <laughs> well, the issue is health for one thing. They're not good for you, and and you can't believe what they say. You know, how many years have we heard, oh, Roundup is great, and it won't hurt anybody, and anybody can use that, and you can blah, blah, blah. Well, now we're finding out Roundup is not great. It's making people sick, and there's no need for it. Another thing is it these chemicals don't really work any better than the organic methods, mm -hmm. and they cost more. Right. So... I don't see the point. And they and they get into the um, water too. They get too. into the water. They get into right. the air. They get into the dogs and the cats and the kids and who's ever running around on the ground. Um, it's just it's not necessary. Let's move on to diseases that can attack our gardens. I know many times I'll go out and we mentioned tomatoes earlier. But, you know, where you see the, the leaves are turning brown and crispy or, you know, there's funny spots all over the leaves, things like that. Yes. What would we do in that case? Should we freak out and run for the chemicals? Well, or? freaking out rarely helps anything. But And chemicals are not going to help either. In many cases, as in tomatoes, if they get a disease, it's probably a genetic problem. They're probably susceptible to fusarian wilt or, you know, one of those things. Um, 
In the case of roses, if they get black spot, that's a fungus, you can spray them with a mixture of baking powder, a baking soda and water, mm -hmm. or with diluted milk. And those will help with almost any kind of fungal thing. Or you can ignore it and leave them alone, which is what I do. I pick off the leaves that are crappy looking and throw them in the trash, usually, not the compost. Right. Um, and then with roses, for example, they get these problems when it's raining. Yeah. Once the rainy stops and the sun comes out, then it takes care of it. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, there are some organic methods for controlling fungus. Some diseases are terminal, just like with people. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to get better, and that's when they move to the trash can or the compost heap. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan, and I'm here today with Judy Barrett, author and expert in organic gardening. And we're talking about things that happen in the garden and how we can uh, deal with them. Um, so we talked earlier about pests, but what about insects that you actually want to bring into your garden? What do we do to do that, or what can we do? Well, one of the best things we can do is not to poison them. Um, anytime you spray poison around the garden, you're going to knock out the beneficial insects probably faster than you knock out the pests. Um, and so that's basic to begin with. Another thing, they really like flowers, most of these pollinators, and uh, many of the predators as well. And so having something blooming all season is a good idea. And you can do that with <clears throat> flowers, with herbs, with trees, with bushes, all kinds of options in the yard. Yeah. Um, and encouraging them with whatever it is they like. You know, if you want butterflies, plant butterfly plants. If you want bees, plant things, things bees with are. pollen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's really important, of course, in a vegetable garden or even a fruit, you know, oh, sure. growing fruit trees sure. and things like all, that. All, need. A huge amount of our food is dependent on pollination. And a lot of different critters pollinate. It's not just honeybees. They're are native bees, there are butterflies, flies, even wasps, all kinds of creatures that fly around, get in there with the, with the pollen, move it from one place to another, and that's what pollination is. So part of being a gardener, um, and this is what you mention in your book, or talk about in your book, is accepting the reality of pests, disease, weeds, and all these kinds of things. Um, is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, it, it is. Nature is, is constantly changing. The, my mother-in-law didn't like gardening. She liked decorating because you could put something and it would sit there and look like you wanted it to look until she decided she didn't want it to look like that anymore. The garden did not live up to her expectations because it grew, it got sick, it died, it got big. And so, yeah, if you're going to be a gardener, you have to embrace the whole thing. And part of the fun of being a gardener is seeing things grow yeah. and come up and flower. And then after that, you know, it's inevitable that it moves on. 
I tell people, even if they plant perennials, perennial does not mean eternal. And so you got to expect a little mm -hmm. problem now and then. As in all of life, you know, garden is is just part of it. It's just a particularly rewarding part if you can get over thinking everything has to be perfect. Right. I think you can work with whatever you have. If you really want to be involved with gardening and nature and have a little a little natural time, you can do it in a flower pot, you can do it on 50 acres or anything in between. I just want people to think of gardening as something enjoyable, not a chore, not something they have to do to keep up with the neighbors, but something with rewards and pleasures and a way to relax, get a little exercise, get rid of a little stress. You know, there are lots of, I think I am more peaceful working in the garden than anywhere else. Even if I'm having a little snit and whacking at things, you know, that, that serves its purpose as well. So I, I think we need to, to enjoy the time spent outdoors and in the garden. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Judy Barrett. You can find her books at bookstores and online. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. Music